Chapter 65 of The Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Proust. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 65, Part 2. When Hiram entered the chamber of Rameses, he saw Queen Nicotris, the chief treasurer, the chief scribe, and a number of generals. Rameses Thirteenth was irritated and walked up and down quickly through the chamber. "'Here we have the misfortune of the pharaoh and of Egypt,' exclaimed the queen, pointing to the Phoenician. "'Worthy lady,' answered Hiram, without confusion, bowing to her, "'time will show who was the faithful and who was the evil servant of his holiness.' Rameses stopped suddenly before Hiram. "'Hast thou the letters of her whore to Assyria?' inquired he. The Phoenician drew from under his robe a package, and in silence handed it to the pharaoh. "'This is what I needed,' exclaimed the pharaoh in triumph. "'We must declare at once to the people that the high priests are guilty of treason.' "'My son,' interrupted the queen in an imploring voice, "'by the shade of thy father I adjure thee. Delay this announcement a couple of days.' There is need of great caution with gifts from Phoenicia. Holiness, put in Hiram, thou mayest even burn these letters. I am in no way concerned with them. The pharaoh thought a while, then hid the package in his bosom. What hast thou heard in lower Egypt? inquired the sovereign. They are beating Phoenicians at all points, replied Hiram. Our houses are wrecked, our effects stolen, and a number of tens of Phoenicians are slain. I have heard... This is the work of the priests, said the pharaoh. Say, rather, my son, that it comes of the godlessness and extortion of Phoenicians, interrupted Queen Nicotris. For three days the chief of police from Pibast is in Memphis with two assistants, and they are on the trail of the murderer and deceiver Lycon, who was hidden in Phoenician temples, cried Nicotris. Lycon, continued Hiram, whom the high priest Mephras stole from the police and the courts, Lycon, who in Thebes ran naked through the garden as a maniac, counterfeiting thee, Holiness. What dost thou tell me? cried the pharaoh. Holiness, ask the most revered queen if she saw him, answered Hiram. Rameses looked in confusion at his mother. Yes, said she, I saw that wretch, but I said nothing so as to spare thee pain. I must explain, however, that no one has proof that Lycon was put there by the priests, for the Phoenicians might have done that as well. Hiram laughed sneeringly. "'Oh, mother, mother!' cried Rameses with sorrow. "'Is it possible that the priests are dearer to thy heart than I am?' "'Thou art my son and most precious sovereign,' said the queen, with enthusiasm. "'But I cannot suffer a stranger, an infidel, to cast calumny on the holy order of the priests, from which we are both descended.' "'Oh, Rameses!' exclaimed she, falling on her knees. Expel these wicked counsellors who urge thee to insult temples, and raise thy hand against the successor of thy grandsire, Amenhotep. There is still time for agreement, still time to save Egypt. All at once Pentuer, in torn garments, entered the chamber. Well, and what hast thou to say? inquired the pharaoh, with wonderful calmness. Today, perhaps immediately, there will be an eclipse of the sun. The pharaoh started back in astonishment. How does an eclipse of the sun concern me, especially at this moment? Lord, said Pentuer, I thought the same till I read in old chronicles of eclipses. An eclipse is such a terrifying spectacle that it was necessary to forewarn the whole people of it. 
that is the truth interrupted hiram why didst thou not inform earlier inquired tutmosis the warriors kept me in prison two days we cannot forewarn the people now but at least inform the troops at the palace so that they too should not give way to panic rameses clapped his hands ah it is too bad whispered he and added aloud when will it be and what will take place day will become night said pentuer this will last as much time perhaps as is needed in walking five hundred yards it will begin at midday so many's told me many's repeated the pharaoh i know that name he wrote thee a letter concerning it holiness but let the army know straightway they sounded the trumpets the guard and the asiatics were drawn out under arms and the pharaoh surrounded by his staff informed the troops of the eclipse telling them not to be alarmed that it would pass soon and that he would be with them live through eternity answered the armed ranks at the same time a number of the best riders were sent to memphis the generals took their places at the head of the columns the pharaoh walked through the court thoughtfully the civilians whispered with hiram queen nicotris left alone in the chamber fell on her face before the statue of osiris it was after one the light of the sun began to lessen will night come in fact answered the pharaoh of pentuer it will come but during a very short interval where will the sun be it will hide behind the moon i must restore to my favor the sages who investigate stars said the pharaoh to himself the darkness increased quickly the horses of the asiatics grew restive flocks of birds flew into the garden and occupied all the trees with noisy twitter rouse up cried kalapos to the greeks the drums beat the flutes sounded and to this accompaniment the greek soldiers sang in a dancing song of the priest's daughter who was so timid that she could only sleep in the barracks meanwhile an ominous shade fell on the tawny libyan hills and covered memphis the nile and the palace gardens with lightning swiftness night embraced the earth and in the heavens appeared a ball as black as coal surrounded by a rim of brightness an immense uproar drowned the song of the greek regiment this was caused by the asiatics who raised a military shout as they sent a cloud of arrows toward the sky to frighten the evil spirit which was gulping the sun down dost say that the black ball is the moon inquired the pharaoh of pentuer that is what menes asserts he is a great sage and will the darkness end soon to a certainty and if this moon should tear itself away and fall to the earth that cannot be here is the sun cried pentuer with delight the assembled regiments raised a shout in honor of rameses thirteenth the pharaoh embraced pentuer indeed said he we have seen a most wonderful event but i should not like to see it a second time i feel that if i had not been a warrior fear would have mastered me hiram approached tutmosis and whispered send couriers worthiness to memphis immediately for i fear that the high priests have done something evil dost thou think so hiram nodded they would not have managed the kingdom so long said he they would not have buried eighteen dynasties if they had not known how to use events like the present when rameses had thanked the troops for good bearing in presence of the strange phenomenon he returned to his villa he continued thoughtful he spoke calmly even mildly but on his shapely face doubt was evident in the pharaoh's soul there was indeed a grievous struggle he had begun to understand that the priests possessed powers which he not only had not weighed but had not noted 
he had not even wished to hear of them. In a few moments the priests who followed the movements of the stars rose in his eyes immensely, and he said to himself that in every case he should learn this wonderful wisdom which confuses people's plans so terribly. Courier after courier flew from the palace to Memphis to learn what had happened during the eclipse. But the couriers did not return, and uncertainty spread its black wings above the retinue of the pharaoh. No one doubted that something evil had happened at the temple of Ta. More than that, no man dared to draw his own conclusions. It seemed as though the pharaoh and his intimate counsellors were glad when a minute passed without tidings. Meanwhile, Queen Nicotris sat down at the pharaoh's side and whispered, "'Let me act, Ramesses. Women have served this state more than once. Only remember Queen Nicotris in the sixth dynasty, or Makara, who created a fleet on the Red Sea. In our sex there is no lack of mind or of energy, so let me act. If the temple of Ta is not taken, and the priests are not wrong, I will reconcile thee with her whore. Thou wilt take his daughter as wife, and thy reign will be full of glory. Remember that thy grandfather, the holy Amenhotep, was also a high priest and a viceroy of the pharaoh, and thou thyself, who knows if thou wouldst be reigning to-day, had the holy order of the priest not desired to have its own blood on the throne. Art thou, too, not obliged to them for dominion? The pharaoh, as he listened to her, thought all the time that the wisdom of the priest was an immense power, and the struggle with them difficult. Only about three in the afternoon did the first courier arrive from Memphis, an adjutant of the regiment which had been stationed at the temple. He informed the sovereign that the temple had not been taken because of the anger of the gods, that the people had fled, that the priests were triumphant, and that even in the army disorder had arisen during that brief but terrible darkness. Then, taking Tutmosis aside, the adjutant declared to him directly that the troops were demoralized, that, because they had fled in a panic, as many were wounded and killed as in a battle. "'What is happening now with the troops?' inquired Tutmosis, in consternation. "'Of course,' replied the adjutant, "'we were able to rally the men and bring them to order, but we cannot even speak of using them against the temples, especially now that they are occupied with caring for the wounded. At present a warrior is ready to fall to the earth before a shaven head.' and a panther skin. A long time will pass before any one will dare to cross a sacred gateway. But what are the priests doing? Blessing the warriors, giving food and drink to them, and pretending that the troops are not guilty of attacking the temple, that that was the work of Phoenicians. But do ye permit this demoralization of troops? exclaimed Tutmosis. Well, his holiness commanded us to defend the priests against the multitude, had we been permitted to occupy the temple, we should have done so at ten in the morning, and the high priest now would be sitting in a dungeon. At this moment the officer in attendance informed Tutmosis that again some priest had arrived from Memphis, and desired to speak with his holiness. Tutmosis looked at the guest. He was a man rather young, with a face as if carved out of wood. He said that he had come to the pharaoh from Samentu. Ramesses received the priest, who prostrated himself and gave the pharaoh a ring, at sight of which his holiness grew pallid. "'What does this mean?' asked he. "'Samantu is no longer alive,' replied the priest. Ramesses could not recover his voice for a time. At last he asked, "'How has this happened?' "'It appears,' replied the priest, "'that Samantu was discovered in one of the halls of the labyrinth, and that he poisoned himself to escape torture.' 
it seems that Mefres discovered him, through the aid of a certain Greek, who, as they tell us, resembles thee, holiness. Again, Mefres and Lycon, exclaimed Tutmosis in anger. O oh, Lord, said he, returning to Rameses, wilt thou never free thyself from those traitors? The pharaoh summoned a confidential council again. He called in Hiram, also the priest who had brought the ring from Samen too. Pentuer did not wish to take part in the council, but the worthy queen went herself to it. I see, whispered Hiram to Tutmosis, that after the expulsion of priests, women are to govern Egypt. When the dignitaries had assembled, the pharaoh let Samentu's messenger speak. The young priest would not talk of the labyrinth, but he explained sufficiently that the temple of Ta was undefended, and that a few tens of men would suffice to arrest all who were hiding there. This man is a traitor, screamed the queen, a priest himself. He persuades thee to violence against the priesthood. In the face of the messenger, no muscle quivered. Worthy lady, replied he, if Mephras destroyed my guardian and master, Samentu, I should be a dog if I sought not revenge. Death for death. This young man pleases me, whispered Hiram. Indeed, a fresher air seemed to move in the assembly. Generals straightened themselves. Civilians looked at the priest with curiosity. Even the pharaoh's face became livelier. Listen not to him, my son, implored Queen Nicotris. What dost thou think? asked the pharaoh on a sudden. What would the holy Salmon too do now, were he living? I am sure, answered the priest energetically, that Salmon too would go to the temple of Ta and burn incense to the gods, but he would punish murderers and traitors. And I repeat that thou art the worst of traitors, cried the queen. I only fulfill my duty, said the priest, unmoved by her language. This man is a pupil of Salmon too, indeed, said Hiram. He alone sees what is left us to do and sees clearly. The military and civil dignitaries recognize the correctness of Hiram's opinion. Since we have begun a struggle with the priests, said the chief scribe, we should finish it, and finish it today, when we have letters proving that Herhor was negotiating with the Assyrians, an act which is high treason against Egypt. He is carrying out the policy of Ramesses Twelfth, said the queen. But I am Ramesses Thirteenth, said the pharaoh impatiently. Tutmosis rose from his chair. My lord, said he, let me act. It is very dangerous to continue uncertainty in the government, and it would be folly and crime not to use this occasion. Since this priest says that the temple is not defended, let me go to it with a handful of men whom I will select. I am with thee, said Kalipos. According to my experience, an enemy while triumphant is the weakest. If we attack the temple of Ta immediately, Ye do not need to attack, but go in there as executives of the pharaoh, who commands you to imprison traitors, said the chief scribe. Even force is not needed. How often does one policeman rush at a crowd of offenders and seize as many as he wishes? My son, said the queen, yields to the pressure of your counsels, but he does not wish force. He forbids you to use it. Ha! If that be the case, said the young priest of Set, I will tell his holiness one other thing. He breathed a couple of times deeply, but still he finished in a stifled voice and with effort. On the streets of Memphis the party of the priests is announcing that— That what? Speak boldly, said the pharaoh. That thou, holiness, art insane, that thou hast not the ordination of high priest, that thou art not even made pharaoh, 
and that it is possible to exclude thee from the throne that is just what i feared whispered nicotris the pharaoh sprang up from his seat tutmosis cried he in a voice in which his recovered energy was heard take as many troops as thou wishest go to the temple of ptah and bring me herhor and mefres accused of high treason if they are justified i will return my favor in the opposite case hast thou finished interrupted the queen this time the indignant pharaoh did not answer her and the officials cried death to traitors when has it begun that in egypt a pharaoh must sacrifice faithful servants to beg for himself the favor of scoundrels rameses the thirteenth confided to tutmosis the package of letters of her whore to assyria and said in a solemn voice till the rebellion of the priests is suppressed i place my power in the person of tutmosis commander of the guards and do ye listen to him and do thou worthy mother go with thy judgments to him wisely and justly has the sovereign acted exclaimed the chief scribe it does not become a pharaoh to struggle with sedition and a lack of firm rule might destroy us all the dignitaries inclined before tutmosis queen nicotris fell at her son's feet tutmosis in company with the generals went out to the court he commanded the first regiment of the guard to form and said i need a few tons of men who are ready to die for the glory of our lord more presented themselves both men and officers than were needed and at the head of them was eunana are ye prepared for death inquired tutmosis we will die with thee lord for his holiness exclaimed eunana ye will not die but ye will overcome vile criminals replied tutmosis soldiers belonging to this expedition will become officers and officers will be advanced two degrees i say this to you i tutmosis supreme chief by the will of the pharaoh live thou for ever tutmosis commanded to prepare twenty-five two-wheeled chariots of the heavy cavalry and ordered the volunteers to enter then he with kalapos mounted their horses and soon the whole retinue turned toward memphis and vanished in a dust cloud when hiram saw this from the window of a villa he bowed before the pharaoh and whispered now for the first time i believe that thou art not in conspiracy with the high priests wert thou mad burst out the pharaoh pardon sovereign but the attack on the temple to-day was planned by the priests how they drew thee into it holiness i do not understand to this moment it was five in the afternoon end of chapter sixty five part two recording by dion gines salt lake city utah